All right, good evening, everyone, and welcome inside the 360 Sports Show. I am Andrew Pazelli. He is Christian Lauber, and we are bringing you the biggest stories from the past week in sports. And you can reach us anytime in any of the comment sections of the live streams on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And as always, by email, the360sportshow at gmail.com. Christian, let's jump right on in and start. The NBA Finals have concluded the Golden State Warriors are the champions of the NBA, only given a 14% chance to win by the Profits at ESPN, and they win in six games. They win three games in a row to win this series. Your initial takeaways from the series and the Warriors once again kind of reclaiming their dynastic ways. Yeah, um, I would just start with uh, the Celtics not losing more than one game in a row and then losing three straight to uh, lose the title. So I don't know what uh, what it really came down to, uh, whether that's fatigue. I think I think everybody's favorite person to pick on is Jason Tatum. I think in game six you have a case, but I don't think overall he was the biggest issue. Um, he's on the list for sure, but uh, I think fatigue is definitely up there, but I also think the Celtics just kind of imploded, uh, really, when you look at it. In game four, uh, they were up like four or five, I think, with like seven to go. Really, really in the driver's seat there to take a 3-1 series lead. And at that point, it's all but over, right, uh, in most of these series. So they really just imploded in game four. And from there, I just feel like they couldn't get their footing again. They turned the ball over too much. Uh, Tatum obviously wasn't great down the stretch in these games. He's played a lot of minutes, um, a lot more than the guys on the other team. And I know people want to say, like, you're just making excuses, but that's just factual. He played a lot more games. He played a lot more minutes than, than the other guys on the other side. And I think that's part and parcel the Celtics' fault because I think when I looked at this, the end of the tail end of the series, one team looked pretty fresh. The other team looked like they were kind of welting away. Now, Jalen Brown was pretty good, but um, overall, as a collective, I think the Celtics playing game sevens when they probably shouldn't be in game sevens uh, hurt them in this postseason run, and I think it ultimately caught up to them. Yeah, I think the Warriors, obviously, the talent they have, we know Steph and Clay and Draymond yeah, does what he does. Steph? Huh? You could stop it, Steph. Sure. Um, best player in the series, MVP yeah, of, far, of yeah. the finals. Um, so you know they have the talent. Uh, they were the more consistent team. Now, the Celtics, I think, if you look at the top eight guys, you'd say they're the better team. And the way the series played out where so many of the games after the fact, it's like, man, the Celtics blew an opportunity or the Celtics couldn't finish the deal and you know, a chance to go up three to one. Um, that's where the series really turned. And I know people will say, well, it's still 2-2. But you knew what you were facing. You knew you are facing guys with championship pedigree. And now it's 2-2. Two two, and 2-2 two two when you really feel like you should have had 3-1 is a way different than like, hey, you know what? They took two. We took two. Or we split, but all the games were close. And, you know, hey, they, they battled it out. You, you kind of blew it. And so now you have to go back to Oracle, and then you have a putrid Game 5. Not It is Oracle, but it's San Fran. Uh, you have a putrid Game 5, and then it just didn't It didn't have the same vibe of, oh, come home, win Game 6, and hey, we force Game 7, anything can happen. Um, the Warriors, the whole series, were the more 
consistent team every single night. Uh, from top, from every you got a consistent something out of every single guy they played. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that they produced, but their consistency with you know, and and this is kind of part of that championship thing. You know, when the going's good, it's easy. When the going gets tough, how do you respond? Now the Celtics responded tons and tons and tons of times, but I think to what you said, Christian, they just started to wear down and playing extra games earlier in the playoffs. And here's the thing. The consistency from guys, fatigue plays a part in that. Not having a bench. Not having a bench in this Now, the Celtics have a bench. Their bench did wonders for them in the earlier series. But in this particular series, no bench. Got nothing uh, out of Grant Williams, out of Peyton Pritchard. Derek White, outside of game one, was bad. Um, and nobody else was playable. Um you had nobody that could really give you solid minutes at the center position um, or, or power forward. You know, Grant Williams comes in, but he's kind of a tweener. He's kind of like a 3-4 guy. He was not effective in this series. <clears throat> and was not effective in this series. Uh, so you're asking your starters to basically carry the entire load, which guess what? The Warriors didn't have to do. They won the minutes in the series when Steph was on the bench. That should not be the case. Especially when he was the best player by far. When he was the best player by far. So, you know, that's where the Celtics, and we'll talk about their offseason stuff, you know, what they can do to address that. But that was, I think, the consistency because of fatigue with your starters. Uh, because down the stretch, like since February, Ime was playing basically seven or eight-man rotations. They were going, They were playing playoff-style basketball the second half of the year to get to where they wanted to be, which was a top-seed and have that positioning. You can't do that next year. You have to have, you know, if you're if you return that top 8, great. Though I like I want to retain all those guys. But unless Aaron Neesmith's going to make a huge jump, you got to get a veteran guy to fill that spot. You need somebody to give you more offense off the bench. And in the regular season, guys 9 through 15 have to at least be people you could put in the game in the middle of the game. And not feel like, oh my God, we're gonna go to pieces. Well, here's the problem. So that's what uh, happened. You just you wore out, and you didn't have enough gas in the tank, and you had no help outside of your starters in the finals. Yeah, I agree with that. But I, I I also think you you also alluded to this again. You lose game four, right, and then you have to go back to San Francisco, and again you're down early, you didn't play a good game, but then you're back in it and you're up four, and there's a little bit of a theme here. Going into the fourth quarter, up four or five, when you're kind of like sitting there, like kind of rolling, and then you jack up three threes, turn the ball over twice, and you just wilt it again. And then at that point, it was over. I mean, after going down three two, it's over. Uh, in terms of the bench, uh, one of the biggest things they need to address is, uh, and again, you mentioned it, but it's uh, Rob Williams needs some help behind him. Um, I don't know what that looks like, but uh, that that has to be a huge need because relying on Rob Williams at this stage of his career where we've seen him get injured a couple times, and credit to him, he played through some pain here, obviously, and he played pretty well. I think if he's healthy, he'd probably win a series. Um, I, I just think he's that big of a factor um, on both ends. But not having Tice come in, in the regular season, Tice is fine. Through the latter stages of the season, he was absolutely fine. He can come in and give you some minutes. In the finals, uh, I think you need a little bit more. I was say, does it do you any good if a guy's unplayable in the finals? 
you know? No, and I think we saw when he came in, he was a minus player. I mean, I think that's just factual. And uh, and again, Derek White was your main acquisition at the deadline to be a, be a bench guy. Would you rather have him or Josh Richardson in this series? I think it's Richardson. Um, but but again, Derek White is very good in game one, decent in game two and three, and then he fell off a cliff and he was not good. But Grant Williams and Peyton Pritchard pretty much no-showed the entire series. So those guys hurt you because when you look across the, the table there, Otto Porter and, and Kev Von Looney both came off the bench and started. So the, one of those guys is a bench piece, pretty good player. Uh, Andre Iguodala gave you something in, in a couple of those games, not really that much, but still a guy you'd like to have on your championship caliber team. Uh, and then you have a guy like Jordan Poole who can just come in, and although he wasn't that great in this series, he, Streaky. Can, score, he can score 13 points in two minutes and set you on, uh, on your way. Um, one thing that I is kind of annoying me though is uh, how much gloating and stuff Draymond and Clay Thompson are doing after the fact. Uh, I think they were good in maybe like two of these games. Outside of that, it's Stephen Curry show. Um, so I think it's just pretty. It's just pretty funny that they're like talking all this trash and they have all these receipts, which you know, for guys that don't really pay attention to the media and social media. Oof, man, these NBA players have a lot of receipts, huh? <laughs> Yeah. Um, hey, but they get to talk. They won. Yeah. So they they get to talk, and you knew they won they, again. You knew they were going to talk. I just think I I just think like Draymond was not. He was good on the defensive end, but outside of that, he gave you pretty much nothing. I think Thompson is is a pretty good player, and he's obviously coming off a huge injury. But I think Steph Curry is just. It, it might just be his time. Uh, not 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 that it wasn't before, but. He's kind of a pr- premier guy in the league when he has help around him. I mean, he's just – he's ridiculous. He can give you 33 easy on a night. Does uh, does this now, his fourth title, does this – where do you rank Steph Curry now? Like, there's a lot – this whole week, a lot of the comparisons to LeBron uh, and trying to compare their resumes. LeBron's won four. Steph's won four. They've, they've each got, you know, some over the other. Steph has three over LeBron. Uh, but then LeBron has that one, which is the, you know, three to one comeback. Um, you know, that's just thinking about it in terms of finals and head to head matchups. But how do you rank their careers? Um, and, and obviously it's hard to, no, no one's legacy, legacy, no one's legacy is written in stone yet. But how do you, how do you take that conversation and those, sorts of comparisons and wanting to put Steph ahead of LeBron in terms of all-time conversation. Yeah, I wouldn't go there yet. Uh, I think LeBron is is what he is. And I, I think a lot of people have gripe with, gripes with LeBron James and the losing that he has had in the finals and playoffs and everything you want to say. But um, I'm definitely taking peak LeBron over peak Curry. And that's not to say Steph is a terrible, bad player. He's not even close. He's in the conversation in terms of like all-timers. I mean, there's no question about that. Um, but I, I'm not going LeBron yet. I think LeBron, even though, uh, I do put a, a premium on championships. I do think LeBron just overall is just an incredible talent. I think he does. I don't want to say he does more than stuff, but he does more. He does things on the defensive end. He makes absolutely, he makes clutch plays in the playoffs, you know, chase down blocks, things like that. Not that Steph doesn't, but again, I think weighing it just to like, oh, they'll four and four and 
Curry is now better. I I'm not there yet. Um, if AI created like the ideal basketball player, it would be peak LeBron, like a guy that's six yeah. nine that can do everything on either end of the floor. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I I think for me personally, I'm just putting LeBron a, a step above. I I don't think he's like astronomically in terms of like championships. He's right there, right? Curry is right there, but. In terms of player to player, um, in my eyes, I think LeBron James is still just, I mean, he's probably still top two, three best players in the world. Yeah. Uh, Nick has a comment in the comment section about Celtics offseason stuff, which we will get to here shortly. A couple of more points to finish up here uh, <clears throat> on, on the finals and, and the conclusion of the NBA season. Um, so that that's the discussion around Curry and, and LeBron, and I agree with you. I think LeBron is still uh, above Curry. Now, if Curry goes and gets five, now you start putting him in, you know, all-time point guard status, and you got, you know, Magic Johnson, and we start having those sorts of conversations. But he's he's given himself a chance here because he still is going to have a window here with this team to win uh, at least one or two more, maybe. I do um, think there is a case to be made for the fact that Curry has a lot more around him than LeBron did or before the Miami days when yes. LeBron was beating the Celtics early in his career and doing things like that. I. I think Curry has had a pretty good cast around him throughout his whole tenure here. Yeah. Um, somebody who it th there needs to be some perspective on, there's a lot of hate being thrown at Jason Tatum. You mentioned it. And I, I almost don't even want to acknowledge it because I think it's ridiculous. Um, but but I'll, I'll say a bit of this. People want to say, oh, this was year five for him. He shouldn't be struggling in the finals. He should. He shouldn't. You know. He never had a clutch performance. There was no like Game Six Milwaukee. That's like a signature moment in his career. Now facing elimination, you drop forty six points. Um, there was no. He had thirteen assists in Game One, and that might honestly kind of just be the shining moment of the series for him. Um, a night where he couldn't buy a shot and made a bunch of plays. Um, never really had a big game in the finals. That's because of the minutes the dude played. That comes back to what I said before about needing some help. You can't have Jason Tatum now after a deep run. Same with Jalen Brown. You know, he played like the most minutes in the NBA this year. That's not going to be sustainable if you want to get back to the finals. Um, and it's the dude's first finals. And he didn't play bad. Like numbers-wise, you're looking at like his averages. You're like, that's not terrible. Turnover. The, turn the turnovers are bad. Um, but we all kind of understand where those were coming from. Uh, you know, by at the end, there was just a lot of forcing and they kind of had no answers because all they had was their starters and that was it. Uh, and those guys were wearing down. Um, but people say, oh, look at what like Jordan in year two was dropping 60 points on the Celtics and like already knocking on the door. The average, the, the, like the odyssey of the NBA superstar. Very few guys come in their rookie year or second year and just win a title as the best player. It, it really doesn't, it doesn't happen. Early in their careers, you know, like even got like Dwayne, Dwayne Wade won a title with Shaq still kind of being with his, as his running mate. Uh, Kobe won with Shaq. Jordan didn't win right away. He, it took him a long time. To, to, to get there. I mean, I don't think he made the finals. He was 27. Um, didn't win, or, or 28 may have been when he won his first championship. 
Nobody wins in the league at the age of 25. You have to go through the fire. And to being a star, being a superstar, this is the weight now that you have to carry. Jason Tatum, you got to a conference final game seven of you know your rookie year. That set the bar. Like The only place to improve from that was make the finals. Didn't do that in year two. Did it in year three and... You know, it you you kind of blew a series versus Miami. Year four kind of sucked as a team, and year five you made the finals. There's and he has gotten this year. If you just look at him as a player, tremendous growth in all areas. Um, and so I think that the people who are hating on him forget how young he really is. Well, it is, it is a lot of trolls. So uh, it is a lot of trolls. And but you know, but you know what? Every now and again, you have to just you have to beat the trolls back. You can't just oh, yeah. let them. You can't just let them have their way. Well, he is 20, 24, going to be 25. and pe- This is his 23-year-old season, though. Exactly. And, and you know what? This is like he's still on track for all these guys. He's accomplished the same, if not more, than so many of these guys did early, this early in their careers. The problem is you play in Boston where it's championship or bust for not just the Celtics organization, but recent history, all the organizations as a city. Uh, and you had success. It's not like, oh, flamed out in the first round, but you got there, made an all-star game, and like made one around. There was no progression. It was like, boom, conference finals. And now you're kind of going through these ups and downs and these bumps in the road. I mean, all the greats had to like get get close and lose or get to the finals and lose. Isaiah Thomas, you know, the Isaiah Thomas had that happen. Jordan just could never get past the Pistons or the Celtics. Like, it's just that the narrative will come here for Tatum now, and it already has. Is he the guy? Is he the number one guy? Is he ma- and in either in 10 years, we look back, and hopefully this is the, and I took that personally, moment for Jason Tatum. And they've gone on and taken these lessons to heart because you kind of have to have the heartbreak in the finals for all of it to kind of really sink in. You know, no more, oh, well, we basically beat LeBron. We got to game seven of the final. Blah, blah, blah. No, you were there. You had it in your hands, and another team took it from you. Okay, but but here, this is the point. Is um, I'll, I'll say it in a few a fewer amount of words, but I, the, the young guys in, in the NBA typically do not reach the pinnacle of an NBA championship until they are 26, 27 years old. Look at Giannis last year. Now, a lot of things have to go your way, too. But if you're asking me, if you're putting Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum up against Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, I'm telling you, Steph and Clay have been here, done that. They probably should ha- be a favorite in this series. Now, for whatever reason, the betters and everything. But uh, that aside, I mean, it's like he's 24, just turned 24, and Brown is 25. Now, obviously, the window is not open forever because you don't know if these guys are going to stay, stick around here long enough. But that being said, they put it together this year. They should be able to put a couple seasons here together in terms of deep playoff runs. Hopefully, they'll have some more help because um, I think you got the coach in place. And these two guys have made strides, both Jason and Jalen. And and specifically on, on Tatum is he's going to be going into his 24th season 24-year-old season, turning 25. Guys are still not really there until 26, 27. Usually, usually that, what, third, uh, second big contract in the league? So I think the gripe on Tatum that, oh, he's not a number one, he can't carry a team to a final. 
people are are taking this too far to the point where like we've seen Steph Curry and Clay Thompson win titles before. So I don't know where this changed that oh the Celtics are so dominant they're just going to they're going to take this easy. Should be in easy in 6 or 7. The reason I didn't take the Celtics in this series specifically at least part of it is because guys that are 23 don't win in the NBA that is just factual. Typically, they don't win in the NBA. If yeah. the Celtics were fully loaded, fully healthy, maybe they are, you know, one step closer and they and they close the door there in game 4. But overall, Tatum and Brown, the the growth that they had this year should continue to move in the right direction and carry them. Whether they get back to the final and win one, who knows? But I think you have to have more help, look at the offseason, and then those two guys should be primed and ready for for a couple of really, really good years. So that's where that's kind of that's what I wanted to segue to here is, you know, before we talk about options for the Celtics in terms of players and what they need to really address. Do I feel more optimistic now? I mean, the wake of that, like losing those three games in a row, it's like, man, what the heck happened? Um, then you realize how kind of remarkable of a turnaround it was. Not often do teams make, you know, uh, a condensing trade. You know, they condensed their team. They cast off parts. Usually teams do that. It's you hope to build something and then you add to it in the off season, And then that's the team that then goes to the finals the next year. Um, the Celtics made the finals while cutting players and cutting salary. Kind of remarkable. Um, so, but either way, you got there, you lost. Is this a scarring moment? And they kind of can, ne- it's, it's just now it's another mental hurdle for them and they might not ever get over it. Or does this group use this as the, I took that personally and, you know, they are going to get there, not take it for granted, value possessions, value the ball know what it takes to be a champion and open a long window, which could be a championship window pretty wide for Jalen and Jason. Which of those do you think is more likely right now? Or do you feel is more likely? God, I have no idea. I would, I would say this is like, this is like too, too much. Uh, I would say they're they're more. You're just resisting saying what's more likely that they suck it. They they're gonna blow it. They have no weak weak mentally. There's way too many factors to decide whether they're gonna just absolutely never get back to this. What's your gut tell you though? I mean, how do you how do you basically how do you feel about it? I felt I felt pretty bad at at the as soon as it ended. Like man, like like that it would be scarring that like you needed to win it so that you didn't have the pain of losing it. But in a way. I think the pain of losing it might finally get these guys to to buy in because it's almost like they skated through that whole playoffs really never paying for their own mistakes because they kept finding ways to win because they were good, that good. You, and Small mistakes really cost you big time versus the Warriors, and now you've learned that lesson the hard way, the hard way. So I think when they get back, hopefully they get back, there's not going to be any more looking like, oh, look, the NBA Finals logo. This is pretty cool. We're in the Finals. No starry-eyed. It's it's all business, I think. So I feel better about it now. Yeah, uh, I mean, I feel like those two guys are still super young, and they should be back in this position. Um, just going straight off the top, I don't think this is going to be like, oh, they they absolutely blew it, and this is it. It's not like they they went up against uh, who knows the sh- who who is the worst team in the. It's not like they were up, up against the Nuggets and lost. Um, they're up a team that that that's won and been there. God. How long? How how many times in the last like six to eight years? So 
um, overall, yeah, they should be back in the position that they were in, and and hopefully they'll you know kind of step on the the throat of the opposition and actually take take a hold of a series like that instead of turning it over and, and making those small mistakes. Um, so kind of quickly, we're obviously going to have a lot to discuss on this topic, but we'll we'll keep this one short and just kind of give a few points. It's coming quick here. The NBA offseason is already underway. Uh, teams, there's already been trades that are uh, announced. Uh, Christian Wood to the Dallas Mavericks, and you're going to have a lot more stuff coming out and leaking out that's agreed upon in principle. The the draft coming up quickly and free agency right around the corner as well. Um, what do the Celtics need to do? We kind of touched on it. We're not going to name players right now because it's just too much to dive into that right now, but... What do they need? I have said they need a big to play behind Rob Williams and give me a veteran scorer. I don't care if he's a three-point shooter. I don't care if he's a guy that can, you know, like Evan Turner, just mid-range king and handle the ball. Give me somebody that can get you offense off the bench. I'm hoping more than a little. I'm I'm hoping a little more than Evan Turner, I'll be honest. Um, But I would say... uh, they for sure need a big someone like I don't know whatever Miles Turner intrigues me still after all these after all this time a guy like that um, that can give you three point shooting paint presence a backup for Rob a guy that can give you serious minutes if Rob were to be out for a period of time nursing whatever his knee I'm sure it's still going to be probably a bit of an issue going into next year just based on how much he played here um, so you definitely need a guy behind him. Um, that that is that is immediately where I go, and then I think you need, I think you need a three point shooter, um, someone of JJ Reddick caliber, someone that's going to come in and and be able to just hit a few threes. Now Aaron Neesmith was supposed to be that guy, I was told, but uh, I was lied to. So hopefully we were all lied to, Christian. Yeah. Um. Hopefully you can get, and maybe he, maybe he will make an impact next year. Who knows? But um, that would be I, found I money. Need, sure. Uh, or you, you know, sell him off to get a an actual three point shooter. Uh, sure. But you need you need a a some type of guy that can come in. I'm not saying Jordan Poole, but some guy like that uh, that can just come give you points. You need scoring off the bench. I think Pritchard did some of that, but he didn't do it consistent consistently enough to where I would say, yeah, put Pritchard in there for 22 minutes. Give me a bench guy that gives you 15 to 22 minutes a night that can just shoot, i.e. J.J. Redick, someone like that. Yeah, um, I, I'm all in for that in a big. And if you can get maybe one one or two guys like that and, and, and accompany that with what you have in Derek White, Pritchard, Grant Williams, and get him another piece there, I think you need more bench help. Uh, and that was more apparent than ever in this finals. So I go big immediately. That's my number one need. Hopefully a big that can shoot because I think to balance out Rob, he doesn't really shoot threes. He doesn't really shoot a mid-range game. He can, uh, but to have that guy at the rim on offense and defense, and then if you have a backup that can kind of spread the floor, have a paint presence at the same time, I'm all in for that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's pretty easy. And Brad Stevens today, you know, had a press conference, basically echoed what we've said. You know, he said he thought that they needed more on the bench, more from their bench. Short term, you know, they they want to address that, but long term, believe that there's some options there. Hey, if Grant Williams and Peyton Pritchard continue to grow, they've made strides. If Aaron Neesmith can actually 
give you 10 minutes, 15 minutes, can can be a reliable three-point shooter, play some hustle defense, and just give you 10 minutes, that's great. But I, as I say, I don't think that's coming next year. Um, nothing nothing indicates that right now. Um, were you going to hold your breath until I said that it wasn't going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Neesmith could give you a little something. but I'd like be... to keep him to see if he develops. But if they have to trade him to get that vet, like you said, I'm fine. Are you sure? This was your guy. This is your guy. You stapled yourself to this Yeah, and guy. James Young was my guy, too. So it is what it is. You're always wrong is what you're saying. Probably. Eight times out of ten. Want to get to this Bradley Beal question? Yes. So uh, serious question. Do you think, this is from Nick, do you think we should go after Bradley Beal on this team? My personal vote is no because I think we have to get rid of Al or Smart. I don't know, just a thought. It is going to be interesting. I don't think Marcus Smart is going anywhere. Al Horford's interesting because they got him to basically be the salary filler. And then he outperformed their expectations and then was a beast and a leader. And so now I feel like they're in a weird spot where they kind of just, they need to bring him back for his presence and everything else, like his importance to the team. But it does kind of trip up, I think, maybe what had been their plans to use his contract. Like, hey, Al will be a good guy. Maybe we get to the second round. We develop these young guys, and we can flip him to go get Miles Turner. Some well, other, it depends some on the other, that's coming here. That's what I'm saying. Some, or somebody else, right? But obviously, if Kevin Durant wanted to come here and you flip Al Horford for Kevin Durant, you know, I think you do that. Start the rumor. I think you do that. But um, Al Horford, Kevin Durant, do you do it? Uh, yes. I do it from a basketball sense. I, I I don't necessarily know how I feel about it as a fan. Would we win a title? Yeah. Would I feel good about it? I don't know. I'd feel pretty dirty. Um, same goes to Bradley Beal. Uh, I, I think... I don't know if I want to trade Al Horford for Bradley Beal. I, we proved... we can't, Last year, at the exact same time on this show, I said you don't need another superstar. You've got Jason... And you've got Jalen, and as long well, as every you did because you lost, right? No, I mean... as as long as everybody else buys in, I think you have enough. You can't, They're you know. Not. Oh yeah, another superstar would have obviously, you know, helped. We yeah, like put LeBron on the team. We oh we we only won a title. Oh my god, that wow we that's not fun. Okay, then Christian, how come in your list of needs you didn't say another superstar like you've said in the past? Now you're saying what I've said before, which is oh. give me a backup. Your needs were backup center and a bench scorer, not we're going to get another guy in here to be with Jalen and Jason. I said three-point shooter, not scorer. Three, fine. Even, even more specific. I was li- leaving you benefit of the doubt. We'll get really specific. A backup center and a three-point bench shooter. That's it. That That is not, oh, we need to get Kevin Durant or John Wall or yeah, Damian no, Lillard. I'm just naming off all these other big, big names. I haven't even answered the question yet, and you're just answering it for me, I guess. Because you're starting. You're going there. I can tell you're going there. Go ahead. I'm a no. Hard no. Pass on Brad Beal. Don't need it. I think if you think Al Horford and or Marcus Smart is going to get you Bradley Beal, you're out of your mind. I mean, it's going to take it multi, multi, much more than that. There's absolutely no way they trade Bradley Beal for uh, on either side. I don't think. I don't, I, I don't know. Like, do you? Oh, it's more. It has to be more than a straight up. Yeah, 
And I don't think it's Al or Smart. I think it's Al and Smart. Uh, and then a bunch of picks. If you're not trading Jalen and Jason, that's going to be the package. However, uh, I don't think Bradley Beal is necessarily the best fit because of Jalen Brown playing similar positions. Unless you're trying to get Bradley Beal here because you think Jason Tatum's going to sign here for the next 10 years, uh, if he is here, then I guess I'd be a bore just because I want Jason Tatum here because I do think he's probably going to be a top five player for the next 10 years. Um, but in terms of a fit on this team, no, I think if Rob Williams is is fully healthy, I think you probably win a championship. I don't want to put that all, but I think Rob is a huge key and or if you can get someone that can give you minutes behind him. So I don't think you necessarily, I, I, don't get me wrong, I love Bradley Beal, but at this stage, I don't think, if it went sideways again, then absolutely. I'd be all for Bradley Beal. But the two of them kind of figured out how to play together. And I think if you get any semblance of, of, of a game from Tatum and a healthy Rob Williams, I think you're right there again. So that's why I'm not going that far. I don't think you need a Bradley Beal to put you over the top or a Kevin Durant. Would it put you over the top? Probably. Yeah. But uh, you'd have to give up a lot. It'd be a lot of first round picks in there. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just not going that far far at this stage i think you can do some other things with smart who knows if he's here i i don't know i'm still not i'm still not fully in on that well here's the thing too so let's say you trade mark it's just marcus smart and other assorted crap to make salaries work and picks who's your point guard is jason tatum your point guard now be Derek white all right, so it's Derek White, Jalen Brown, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, and Rob Williams. That's your starting five? Probably. That's mighty small. Is it? I think it is. I think you're bigger than a lot of teams at that lineup. I'll be honest. Uh, you, you, Bradley Beal's smaller than you think. Now, because now you got now you got Jalen playing the three, and Tatum for his size, he's not strong enough to play the four. Yeah, you might be right about that, but you know. Um, and, and he, he's and height does not. Does he's not he's a guy who looked like he he played more aggressively in the second half of the year. But I don't know he looked smaller. I think he that dude definitely lost weight. I mean, it's hard to keep weight on muscle weight on during a season. He looked like he got thinner as the year went on. Ooh. Tatum. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. We don't need to spend a lot of time debating that. I have no empirical data. It was just yeah. He had uh, yeah. I think he had approximately sixteen inch arms before the season, <laughs> and now he has about sixteen point three. Uh, goodness. Um, yeah. So I mean, we're gonna have to keep. I mean, there's gonna be. This is one of these things. It's like there's gonna be a day. Because uh, when is the NBA draft? Do 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 do. The NBA draft is Thursday. <laughs> Holy crap. Is it really Thursday? It is yeah. Thursday. Should we do Can a draft? Should we do a draft show, Christian, and just be like No. <laughs> I feel like who's even who even know? I mean, here's the thing about the Celtics making the finals. I have no idea who's I can't even remember I can't even remember March Madness. I don't know who's at the top of the draft I'm in, board. I'm just intrigued because I, I'm interested to see if uh if Brad Stevens is gonna be any different than Danny Ainge with these picks. I well, I mean, what picks do they even have this year? Who the hell knows? Because I think they traded oh, their pick. Many. They traded their pick to get rid of. Uh, 
uh, Kemba. So let's see here. The Celtics' first pick. Da 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 da. Ba da 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 da. Here's a name for you. 53. They don't have a pick until the 53rd spot in the second round. So I don't know. I mean, unless they're making trades. That's right in your wheelhouse for a really good. uh, Unless they're making trades just, you know, for between teams, because that's when you can start really trading players and stuff. Um, I I don't see any, you know, the Celtics are not going to be trading anything to try and get up into this draft. They're not going to want another young player. They, they, I think everything we've heard is, Veterans. Give yeah, us it would be, veterans. They, they're not trading to go up in the draft or anything dumb like that. They're going to be trading maybe that pick for another player. I could see that. Yeah. Um, but again, I think they know what they need. I, I don't think there's any debate on what they need. They have guys, Peyton Pritchard, Grant Williams, Derek White. Those guys are all young coming off the bench. You don't need another, you know, Peyton Pritchard. You don't need that right now. You need another, you know, fortified player in the league you don't need end of the bench guys like carson edwards and those guys yeah agree Agree. here's a name for you though that's another rumor just like we can do like 30 seconds on this uh malcolm brogdon do you have any interest in malcolm brogdon um so this is going to be the interesting part with this celtics offseason is i do believe there will be veteran players available who want in that you could either get on Cheaper contracts that you could get on the buyout market this year that will take nothing. Um, obviously, if you're trading for players, you have to get their, take their contracts. Um, Brogdon's an interesting one. I mean, if you're telling me he's your backup point guard and he can play the point and you let Derek White kind of be a, a two guard, kind of roam around and just do everything. Um, I like that. I like, I like Brogdon. I've always liked Brogdon's game. He's tough. He's aggressive. He has a bit of a shot. Um, I I don't I I think in a bench role I think he'd be great. Now I don't know what, now what's the price tag? Is he under contract right now? Is he a free agent? Like yeah, he's under contract. So let's see, Malcolm Brogdon. Did you trade Marcus Smart for Marcus Smart and something else for Miles Turner and Malcolm Brogdon? Uh, Smart for Turner and Brogdon. There, there's obviously something else on the Celtics side, but uh, need to say Neesmith. Someone man, that dude's making twenty-two million. Yeah, he's making a lot of money. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, this is where this is where I mean we could get lost in this. Like, I don't know who. Let's see. Yeah, that's why I didn't want to go too far down the road. Too far. I mean, I just let's just let's just peruse. We'll do quickly here. Uh, available free agents. Do we want to look at all guys? Or do we want to just look at like point guards. Shooting guards, or should we just look at everybody? Uh, let's not do this right now. How about that? <laughs> this I, I could do two hours on this. I don't think I have time for this. You don't have time. You don't want to get sucked down the rabbit hole. I'll tell you the only guy. The Celtics should be looking for guys in that twelve. Oh, give me tw- power forwards and centers, real quick. How about that? Okay, let's see. Because I want to engage forwards. Okay. <laughs> So this, these are all going to be guys in the in the south. I say fifteen million dollars and cheaper is what like this is what I'd expect them to be paying to get a bench piece something. Like that. Here's your forwards. Uh, I'll give you a top list of availables. Andre Iguodala, no. Thaddeus Young, no. Joe Ingles, possible. Torian Prince, no. T.J. Warren, 
Now that guy might actually just get a max contract somewhere from someone stupid. So, oh, God. Uh, Montrez Harrell, no. Derek Jones Jr., mm. Kyle oh. Anderson, no. Uh, Marvin Bagley the third, no. PJ Tucker, mm. I would take a. I would take PJ Tucker on to be a minimum minimum like to to be the third like forward like doesn't play but then in a playoff game gives you like 10 minutes out of nowhere and is effective. he's annoying on defense and he shoots one three a game i'll take it yeah um matthew wendell murphy wendell carter jr, oh, wow. carter jr. That, that's a guy here we go uh jalen smith kavan looney uh, Kevin Knox, Bobby Portis. I would love me some Bobby Portis. I like Bobby Portis a lot. Um, and and th- it says that he has a player option. I think he did. He not already did uh, he opt in? Is Spotrack behind here? Maybe, maybe not. Bobby. I thought I heard that. Maybe he, he is going to opt in. I don't know. I would take Bobby Portis on the team, hundred percent. Can't find. It look. It looks like yeah. He's expected to, but he hasn't yet. Um. I mean, now we're kind of getting into the the you know further down. Miles Bridges, blah blah blah. But let me see. True centers. Uh, Nurkic, DeAndre Ayton, (laughs) Serge Ibaka, Thomas Bryant, uh, Zubats. Muhammad Bamba, some Mo Bamba. I would take Mo Bamba to be the they backup. Mo Bamba. They got rid of him. <laughs> no, we had um, Bulbul. Oh yeah, Bulbul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I'll take. I, I I like Mo Bamba. I would love Mo Bamba to be uh, backup. He's got to be an RFA, isn't he? Uh, no. Oh yes, RFA. Yep, he's RFA. Uh, Javale McGee. Uh, Robin Lopez, Gogi Jang, Dwight Howard, um, and then yeah. I don't like any of these names. You're gonna have to go the, by the way of trade, I believe. Demarcus Cousins. I'm still, I'm still infatuated with Greg Miles Monroe. Turner. I think Miles Turner would fit in great here. I think he would too. Um, I mean, again, so this is like where we can we could. I spend wanted Miles Turner since Gordon Hayward was traded. I wanted Gordon Hayward. But if you're not going to have Gordon Hayward, you should have traded him to the Pacers. Sign and trade, whatever, for uh, Um, We're going to do hot and not here in a second. I did just want to say, um, while we're talking about NBA and drafts and picks, and um, the story about Caleb Swanigan is just so sad. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We haven't heard anything about what happened to him, but he was a guy whose story was awesome, was an, was an overweight kid in, in high school and then lost a bunch of weight and obviously went through a lot of stuff in his life uh, that led to him turning to, uh, you know, uh, drugs or eating, just overeating out of, you know, it's for some people it's a mental thing. Um, and news, was it today or last night that he passed away? Obviously so young, but clearly, like, was it last year earlier this spring somebody tweeted out a picture like how do you go from this to this and you know he was an nba player one month and then you know he's out of the league and he's hugely overweight and uh, dame lillard came to his defense saying you don't know what's going on in a man's mind and all this stuff and just sad because that was somebody that i mean i love their story was awesome and had a lot of talent and you know you never know what's going on with somebody i mean we don't know what 
um, what happened. Um, if this was something health related or, you know, God forbid something worse, you know, self-inflicted, yeah. but just sad, terrible story. Um, you know, this is usually the time of year you hear all the, the success stories of guys winning titles and getting their shot and getting to the league. And, you know, it's a lot of happy things. So, uh, he was one of those guys who had one of those stories and it's crazy to me to think terrible. that like it, that his story's over, which is yeah. unfortunate and sad. So, um, Yeah. That was sad. Uh, let's do hot and not. It's time for hot. Hot. You want to talk about hot? Hot. Please stop doing that. Doing what? Continue. Good. And not. God, is he a moron? Oh my God, he doesn't shut up. It's so stupid. Stupid decisions. Dum dums. The naughtiest knot of the year. Oof. Suck fest. Suck sauce. On the 360 Sports Show. All right, Christian, hot and not, the ups, the downs, the good, the bad, pluses, minuses. Lead us off here with what was hot this week for you. I got a couple. I'm delayed on one that I meant to do like three weeks ago, whatever. Um, I am going to go – I'll start with the uh, the older, delayed, brain delay uh, on my own accord. Patrice Bergeron won his fifth Selkie uh, history being made. Uh, going right along with, uh, there were some, I don't know, the NHL awards are so weird. They came out with more today, more results, whatever. Uh, Patrice Bergeron, fifth Celtic. Uh, I wonder if that trophy is going to be named the Bergeron pretty soon. Uh, he probably should have won six times, seven times. If he hadn't won so many times before the, f- the four times, he probably would have won more, but they kind of, you know, give it to other guys, which is fine. But, uh, yeah, Patrice Bergeron to start. And then I, I with the news that Rob Gronkowski is, I say, 90% retiring. I'm still not there yet. I'm waiting for, for something else. Uh, I'm going Rob Gronkowski. I know a lot of people like – he did become kind of a diva down the stretch here in New England, but uh, four Super Bowls, just an all-time an all-timer, uh, over 9,000 yards, 92 touchdowns for a tight end. Just ridiculous and how instrumental he was as a player for New England and Tampa uh, in their Super Bowl runs. Guy's an all-timer. Whether you like him or not, his goofy personality, his divaness down the stretch about, oh, I am i can't have fun here and all that. Uh, he probably is the best tight end of all time, uh, at least in my eyes. So, Robbie Gronk. I got to agree. Uh, I was going to go Gronk, too. Um, greatest tight end to ever play the game. Uh there's a lot of guys that, you know, before he won championships, you know, there's a lot of the comparisons to guys like Mark Bavaro, these guys who could, you know, do do both. They were great. That's the thing. Like, uh, there's guys, Tony Gonzalez was, was one of these guys. He's the greatest tight end. More receiver, really, than anything else. Gronk is Hall of Fame as a blocker and as a pass catcher. And then with the ball in his hands as a playmaker. As a guy that big and that strong, there's really been nobody quite like him to have the success that he had. And frankly, the longevity he did end up having. Um, you know, basically an 11-year career. Um, a lot of those guys with that big frame do just kind of burn out quick because they take so much punishment, which he did. He took plenty. Um, won championships. Um, so, in my book... 
best tight end to ever play. Don't give me Travis Kelsey. Get out of here. Now, this is why I say that. this, Lucy, because this is a report that from, I think, Adam Schefter. If this is real, there is a blue check mark next to it, so I don't want to get dragged down through the mud for this. But uh, Drew Roven- Rosenhaus, who is Rob Gronkowski's agent, said that Gronk could still come out of retirement if Tom Brady calls him during the season. <laughs> so, like, I don't know. I- I'm not there yet with, with this. Uh, yeah, I mean, stranger things have already happened. Um, Volume 2, coming soon. Yes, true. Um, all right, Christian. The Knot. Oh, good old friend. He's back again, once again. Uh, Mr. Kyrie Irving is in the news again because he uh, is apparently at a impasse with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, this guy just can't get out of his own way. Uh, he wanted Durant. He wanted the Nets. They go there to team up. Said, we got two max slots. Two max slots. And now he's probably going to end up in L.A., which is not the worst place to end up. But um, I just think it's hilarious. He he was like, he wanted his own thing. So he left LeBron James to come full circle to go back to LeBron James. He could go to the Clippers, though. He doesn't have to go to LeBron. Mm. <laughs> I I think this whole thing... That he's at an, an impasse. What, to show up to work? No, you know what the problem is? He wants to be an owner. Uh, <laughs> or the it, GM, or whatever. I, what, I, what I don't get, what I think must be funny, is like they must have sat down with him and said, um, Kyrie, uh, here's what we're thinking. Um, we want you to play like 90... Okay, no, 85. How about 85? 85% of the games this year. Um, and if you need to take time now and again, like that, that's okay. This is, you know, this is how it's going to go, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, uh, you know, th- this is going to be the deal. And he probably was just like, how dare you? You cannot put constraints on me. My light cannot be controlled by your mortal laws. Like... Waiting impasse. You're getting paid almost what? What? What's his contract? He's got to be making almost forty mil, right? I gotta imagine he is getting paid thirty six million dollars. He got thirty five last year. He's gonna get thirty six million dollars. What is the impasse? You want another extension? You want a long-term contract that isn't just team option, team option, team option, team option? Then show up. Then come play. There's nothing wrong with what Kyrie has wanted to do, and I, I don't care about what's bothering him and like trying to sort it out because clearly the dude's tortured by stuff. Whatever. You still have a job to do. You signed a contract. You have to show up and play. And if you don't, nobody is holding your feet to the fire. Leave. Don't play basketball. You want to be an NBA player? You have to show up and play. Like, impasse for $36 million, you're at an impasse. I, I, so, no shock. I mean, and he's going to go somewhere else and say the same, you know, things and the same stuff is going to continue to happen, but I don't know who's going to take him. Who's going to take that contract and who's going to want him? Um, when he shows up and plays, he's unbelievable. He's one of the best players in the world. Uh, and for a guy his size to be that unstoppable, it's it's incredible. But you just don't know whether he's going to be there from day to day or year to year. I thought Brooklyn was home. I'm home. 
I never want to leave, and now you want out. <laughs> I, I, this is what I say, though, about Kyrie all the time. I don't think he's a bad guy. No. Right? But he just can't get out of his own way. He is a otherworldly talent in terms of on the basketball court. You strictly put him in a in in a in arena for millions, thousands of people watching. He's a great uh, great entertainer in terms of a basketball player. But outside of that, I I just have no time for it, just because I I don't think they're I, I, like I said. I, it's just frustrating because he can't get out of his own way. Um, he had an opportunity here as well as in Brooklyn to really get like a number of teams to that next level. And he just kind of like wilted or uh, who knows? He just, he just can't get out of his own way. Yeah. And so here's, you know, the, the rumors Kyrie for Westbrook straight up. Who says no, says Nick in the comment section. Um, I think that would be hysterical on so many levels because you put Kyrie, you know, like you said, full circle back to daddy. Come home. Kai, little Kai, come home. Um, that would be great. That, but then you also have Westbrook going back to Durant, who Durant's the one who left him, like, and left him in okay. Like, the plot lines of all of that would be phenomenal. And I don't think either would work. Um, but it really, oh God, it also illustrates too. The Nets sold their soul and got nothing. They had a good young team. And you, you, Kyrie though. But you, you used, you used money to bring in Kyrie and Kevin Durant. And you know what? Even if Kyrie decided to flake out on you, you still had Kevin Durant and you had Karis LeVert and you had Spencer Dimwitty and you had that's the James Harden decision though. And that's but that's what I'm saying. Is so you then sold your soul to have Kyrie, Harden, and Durant in a two year window, and and now it's gone. And you don't have any of those young guys. As a fallback, that to fall back on Kenny, you got rid of Kenny Atkinson too. Like, oh, oh, it's just unbelievable. I, it's the Nets now may be the Cleveland Browns of the NBA for like continuing to like make these moves to get to quasi contender status and then finding their own ways to. It. They had it made though. I'll tell you what they they did it. They did a fine job of getting back there after that Garnett Pierce debacle where you kind of traded away your future to get Kyrie and Kevin Durant in there. And then you just kind of sell it all the way for a James Harden who looked out of shape, was not engaged. And then ultimately, you know, we know what happened with the COVID situation and the vaccinations and all that stuff with Kyrie and it just fell apart. But inviting James Harden into that situation was a mistake from the, from the beginning. Yeah. There was a chance that it could work and you would just absolutely blow everybody off the floor. But this was the other side, and I think this was more likely uh, than the other thing. And to trade away all those pieces just for James Harden and then get Ben Sin- uh, <laughs> Screwed it. He did. Um, Matt in the comments section, Matt Murphy, also says, that's a trade from hell. I'm not sure which one he's talking about, but it, they kind of all are trades from hell. James Harden. Probably the Harden and Kyrie one. Where's Game of Zones when you need it? Yes. Game of Zones right now would be fantastic. Um, so, yeah, that's a lot of time on the knot of Kyrie Irving, uh, but it deserved it. Um, my knot, uh, it, I, I was torn we'll, we'll, between two, 
and then more things came out, and so I'm just going to talk about it now. Uh, the NFL PA, there's a lot of discussion from the NFL and the Players Association. There's expected to be a suspension here for Deshaun Watson. And that was before the news today that 20 of the 24 civil cases against him have been settled. Deshaun, what happened to I'm not settling? What happened to I want the truth to come out? I want to clear my name and I want to do it in court. I guess you'd rather just pay people and shut them up and make it go away. It's what it looks like. He's five days ago saying, no, I want to, all I care about is proving that I'm innocent and clearing my name and doing it in court. His exact words to prove my innocence in court. NFL says, yeah, I think in all likelihood we're going to have to suspend him this year. Oh, settle. (laughs) Oh man. I think he's still going to get suspended. He is still probably going to get suspended. The league's going to try and fight it, but I I, I think the dude's still going to get suspended. And again, we talk about the net screwing things up. And being the Cleveland Browns, this is why they're the Cleveland Browns. Things like this. I just don't know how you avoid suspension. That's all I'll say. Uh, it makes no sense if you avoid suspension at this stage. Now, granted, he did miss a year, which the NFL will ultimately say, well, he missed a year, so that was part of the suspension. But that's not really how it works, NFL, but they're, they're going to sell you that. Maybe. i, I got to imagine he's going to get something. He'll Has probably to. get like eight games, and then again, they're going to sell you that he missed 16. And, and, and the PA is trying to frame, oh, here's examples of things that happened to owners and why, oh, how come owners, you know, owners didn't get. The NFL's not going to buy that. The NFL, as owner? much as the PA wants to try and like flip this around and create owner accountability, which I think should exist, <clears throat> Dan Snyder, um, it's, the NFL's not going to buy that argument. And so. I'd say there's the the dude probably would be suspended a year, some sort of indefinite suspension. But I think more than likely they're going to suspend him eight games. It'll get like knocked down to six, and that's what'll happen. If I had, if I had to guess, and they're going to ca- say that he was suspended a year, huh? I guarantee you they'll say he was suspended a year. Oh, they'll just kind of say like, oh, time time timeline. served. Yeah, that would be that. That would be NFL. I mean, that that is what it is. Yeah. We've been here before. <laughs> is this is this a broken record? Nope. Um, so that was my knot. Uh, I do want to talk. One of the people who I kind of had on my knot. I can't really make it a knot. It's more like a. It's an ugh. My ugh of the week um, is Will Zalatoris at the U.S. Open again. Just another crushing. Last minute defeat. Um, you know, last year, you know, two Masters ago, he he was there at the end, and I was like, oh, this this young kid, this kid could be a phenom. He hits the ball so well, and he's gonna be back. And then has been like knocking on the door at some of these major tournaments, and like has to go to a playoff and and loses. All he has to do is sink a putt, and it's one thing to miss a putt, but he literally you know rims out from fourteen feet. Uh, misses by, you know, a millimeter from face forcing a playoff and losing the open. I I feel bad for him, and you just wonder like how much like does that is in a game like golf where like putting and the stress and the mental side of the game plays so much of a factor. Is all of this just going to get to him and 
and just be too much, which would be a shame because I think the kid's really good. Yeah, I mean to start to to, to come where he came from, which was Happy Gilmore's caddy to this point in in the PGA Tour, and then lose the way he did. I mean, it's like coming full circle. Yeah, I I just hope that he can <laughs> he cannot have that become uh, the trend because now it's a storyline. You know, one happens once, okay. Happens once, it's like, that's a shame. Happens three times, now it's like, oh, it's going to happen every single time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. He, he watched Happy for years, so. Yeah, so we shall see. Uh, NHL playoffs. Uh, I kind of now know, don't know. I mean, the, the Avalanche uh, up 2 nothing in the Stanley Cup final on the Tampa Bay Lightning. One. No, no, no. Let me finish. Up to nothing. And then last night happened. Uh, I guess I guess really we're not going to know. Probably, I mean, game four, if, if this thing's 2-2, uh, because the Lightning looked unbeatable last night uh, at home. If this thing goes 2-2, I mean, I think the Avalanche felt pretty good about themselves after the first two games. Because uh, overtime game one, right? Uh, and, and then win game two. You're up 2 nothing where you want to be, but then you go back to Tampa, and if you get blown out back-to-back games, I don't know. I wondered about what's the psyche of the Avalanche going to be. Are you, Do you think any of that's being questioned now, Christian, uh, for Colorado? No. Uh, they lost one game on the road after flying from the uh, high altitudes to the low altitudes. Uh, normal altitude. Mile low. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, but no, I don't think so. I think the Avs know how good they are. Um, and ultimately, they get a game seven in their building if it comes to that. But uh, I think they, uh, I think they end up winning this thing quicker than I originally thought. I think they probably win game four and uh, wrap it up in five. We'll see. I, I, I worry. I worry about uh, a little bit of the uh, the tenseness. Um, cause now the pressure's on Colorado to win, uh, game four big time. Cause I think, I think if it's two, two, the series goes seven games. I think you're right. If Colorado finds a way to win sure. game four, it's wrapped up in five. You're going to go back to Colorado where they blow doors. Um, so, uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see when is that'll be tomorrow night. Danny cup finals. Game four is tomorrow at eight. Game five is Friday. Game six. So this series could be wrapped up by time we take to the air. On the baseball. Next. Baseball. I was going to say, Christian, though, we don't have, you know, baseball is going to have to be a topic. But uh, there's there's plenty of other things that, uh, you know, we can discuss. Uh, The... uh, the Tour de France is coming up. We can talk about okay. the Tour. We can talk about right. the Tour de France. Uh, there's always golf. There's always tennis. Um, I think. Don't we have a horse race coming up? When's the Preakness? <laughs> if I knew, I'd tell you. But there's a reason I don't know. Because until it happens, I don't really care. Uh, da, 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 da. I know the Preakness already happened. Which the one? Which is it the Belmont Stakes? Is that the one that hasn't happened yet? They, they, you know, I might be talking about Nate, Nate Diaz, and Jake Paul. If, if not for uh, baseball, and I don't know. Belmont However, Stakes already happened. Don't Whatever. look now, but the Boston Red Sox 
are 37 and 31, which if you asked me 20 games ago or about maybe 20 to 30 days ago, if they'd uh, have 37 wins at this stage, I'd say, hell no, but here they are. Uh, I don't think we're going to have to talk about baseball all that long, Christian. I think I think the NBA offseason stuff, uh, NFL training camp is around the corner, believe it or not. So I, I think I think you're going to get to avoid having to talk a lot of baseball. But you just mentioned it, 37 and 31. What are your baseball takes uh, at, at present moment um, outside of being shocked that the Red Sox have actually won some games, um, even though I don't think that they're going anywhere? You never do. But uh, I would say I, don't. Uh, I have not watched a ton of baseball because I've been into the finals of the NBA and the NHL. And once those are wrapped up, I'll give you some baseball takes. Until then, um, I follow the Red Sox, and that's about it. Yeah, they're technically in the playoffs because it's seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Where's the playoff standings here? This is what I hate. ML, like you can't even order this stuff. I'm not even going to try and figure it out. <laughs> that's the theme for baseball. I'm not even going to try and figure it out. They are three games back of the second wild card. Three games back of the second wild card. Because how many teams are they, are they taking? Isn't it seven teams this year? So it's is it three division winners and yeah, two wild two wild card three wild card. This is what I'm saying. Who knows? <laughs> this is case in point. Well, good thing the Celtics brought us to this point because luckily we only have uh, like two months until football. Okay, here we go. Da, 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 da. Toronto is a game and a half up on the Guardians and the Red Sox for a wild card spot. It looks like there's three wild cards. And then three division winners. So maybe it's only six teams. I don't know. I'll see you in the postseason. We'll find. You know what? We'll just find out when they announce. Uh, let me see. Postseason teams number question mark. Twelve teams, so six, so three division winners, three wild card. That's it. Just three wild. Exciting. That was exciting. So your Boston Red Sox, who are thirteen and a half games out of first place in the American League East, are right now in the playoffs. A half game up on the Tampa Bay Rays, three and a half games up on the Chicago White Sox. I just think that's gross. I mean, maybe it'll be good for baseball to have more teams. Teams won't tank because there's the teams that just want revenue. So they'll be like, "Ah, well, we can get close enough. Kind of like what the play-in has done for the NBA. I think there's been less out-and-out tanking um, because playoff revenue, teams want it. A chance to win one game and then we get a playoff series? Sure, why not? So some of these bottom, more middling bottom teams have kind of gone all in uh, later in seasons. So maybe this helps baseball as a whole. But like now with six teams, if the Red Sox like we we made the playoffs, like I, I, it's not an accomplishment. I'm sorry. If you would have been 20 spots out of a wild card in what had been baseball for 80 something years, uh, and now you're gonna tout like we made the playoffs. I'm sorry. No, you didn't. <laughs> If you if you're the sixth team in the league, uh, in in your conference, and you get like blown out, 
in a wild card playoff game. I'm sorry, you did not make the playoffs. You qualify to be in a ex in a, in in like a sacrificial game. That's what you did. In my opinion, strong take. It is a strong take. I think technically, if you make the playoffs, you make the playoffs. Technically, you make the playoffs. <laughs> well, we'll see how if you feel. Christian, when the Red Sox are getting their doors blown off in a wild card game in uh, September, will you be feeling like, well, made the playoffs. What a success this year was. Yep. I think the Red Sox uh, should win a playoff series. Should? Should they? Meh. Could they? Will they? No. That's what you said last year. It is what I said last year. At this time, I don't know if I see that same sort of turnaround coming for them this year. We are in the midst of it, so strap yourself in. Strap yourself to that leather chair you got. Here comes the turnaround. Wee! Wee! Good thing I fixed the XLR cable, yeah, Christian. You, you would have gotten a tornado again. storm there. Yeah. Now that it's broken again, you can order another one. I ordered two, so. Oh, you get them. Yeah, I came prepared for when uh, one one broken. Uh, Much the like other. the wild card winner, you can just send that thing right off. I can. Ah, oh, boy. All right, so uh, that's gonna do it uh, for this edition of the show. I feel like we could probably still go down a deep rabbit hole with this NBA offseason stuff. So I guess let's we'll see how the draft plays out uh, this Thursday. Uh, and then talk about Stanley Cup Finals and the NBA Draft and offseason on uh, on Monday. So uh, until then, thank you everybody for joining and listening with us here tonight. We are live uh, every Monday or Tuesday. You got to check out, stick to the social medias, or subscribe to never miss a show on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Twitch. And if you can't catch us live, you can always catch us as a podcast through Sounder FM or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Andrew Pazelli. He's Christian Lauber. Have a good night, everybody. See you later.